Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Duckworth Boats, Harbor Marine, Kitsap Marina, Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Head on over to austinsnorthwestadventures.com because that's the website of our next guest, Austin Boom Pow Mosier. Austin! Hey! How's it going, guys? What's up, buddy? Where do you find yourself this morning, and what are you doing, and how are you doing it, and how has it been? Give us, give us all the details. I'm sitting on my couch watching Sports Center right yeah, now. No, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> now I am uh, down in the Hanford Reach. We're just getting started this morning. We're running some eggs this morning, and uh, you know we're just getting started. We uh, just casted lines out about ten minutes ago. And um, we haven't had anything yet, but it's going to happen any minute. So, so so you've just kind of moved your operation from the lower Columbia up. So you, 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 I think you just spent your first day on the water yesterday. looks like you guys got into some fish yesterday. Yeah, we fished this yesterday evening for about two hours, and we hooked uh, two fish and got one in two hours. I was happy with that. We were just trying to kind of prospect and find fish and and uh, see where they were at, you know, and deal with the water conditions. We've got really low water conditions right now, so um, that could change. It went up last night, and now it's dropped down low again today. So that kind of changes where you fish and how you fish and all that kind of stuff. What, so. what's, the, like, what's the norm over there? What do guys do? Are they pulling plugs? Are they backing spinners? What's, what's the, you, you know, what are you usually all, doing over there? All of the above, man. That's that's the deal with with Hanford. It's like guys are downstream trolling. If you have enough current, guys are back trolling eggs with jet divers, back trolling quick fish. Some guys are, are um, running eggs and uh, on the jet divers. Also, um, guys are running downriggers with super baits and pro troll flashers. There's, <laughs> there's, there's everybody doing everything over here, and it's it's kind of a neat fishery. So. Yeah. So let's let's run through kind of your program. Now, I, I came over and fished that fishery with you last year, and you were doing something a little bit different, maybe something that a lot of guys haven't done over there, which is your bobber dog and eggs. Um, and, and, you know, it was one of those things where maybe it was kind of a little bit of a secret. Not a lot of guys were talking about it. Uh, Scott Haugen wrote an article in Salmon Trout Steelheader about that trip. We were all over there together, so the, the cat's kind of out of the bag. Run us through that bobber dog or pro, <laughs> that bobber dog and program. Well, it was kind of out of the bag if you found the magazine and read it. But now that it's on the radio, I'm pretty sure it's out of the bag now. So, um, yeah, we're right now we're bobber dogging eggs a little bit. Um, we do a little side drifting too, but it's it's uh, it's it's not easy in this area. You have to uh, find the right spot to do it and things like that. Um, just like any other fishery, you got to come over here and figure it out. But yeah, we're, we're running a little bit of, uh, egg bobber dogging and, you know, it was really successful for me last year. We're just getting started this year and I'm assuming that it's going to be really good. So, uh, we're, we're excited to get going So, here. so <laughs> when those rains hit and they will, 
that's gonna that's gonna fundamentally change where you fish. Does it? Does it will we also see kind of a, a, a mellowing out of water temperatures? I mean, when when the rain hits and you're praying for it, how's that gonna affect both the numbers of the fish, your techniques, and where you're gonna locate them in the creek? Don't set it. Don't set real. it. That's all you do, have to do. do not Just set real. the hook here. Just put one. Don't set the hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, we, we have 69 degree water right now. Um, you know, in years past, it's been over 70 uh, at this time of year. So we're looking for we're looking for that. Uh, you know, 65 degree water is is they get more aggressive. They get more bitey as that water cools down, and uh, that's that's kind of what we're hoping for. Um, but it it. You know, here it goes up and down with the dams. You know, we need water, but they're just holding back that water that they have to make power. And when they do that, they don't give us much water down here. Weekends yeah. are always the worst for that. Um, and so you're always playing the the game where you're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And so you can figure out where you're going to fish or what presentations you're going to run. And uh, it's all predicted uh, on the water yeah, what they're doing. It's absolutely predicated on the flow. There's no question. Put this put this season in perspective for us. I, I mean, from every single coastal Chinook or coho fishery has been really outstanding. And 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 you were down at Buoy Ten for the entire season. So put this in perspective. Is this the best season you've seen in a decade? What is it? It's been really good. Uh, we've we've done very very well this year. You know, Bui Ten was was epic. We had such a good fishery. The only problem was we couldn't keep any wild Gosh, fish. So no kidding, dude. I'm hooking twenty to thirty fish a day to kill. Sometimes kill my uh, six. You know, six adult uh, um, uh, chinook that were hatchery. And then towards the end, we started getting coho too. So. Um, you know, and, there was and a then, lot of fish around. It and, was really good. And and the ocean didn't use but seventy five percent of their quota, and they were non selective on coho at the at the end of the season in the ocean. So yeah, I, was, I'm hoping we can use a little bit of what we we learned this year to provide a little more fair opportunity in the river because not only did, you know, we had several days of closure. We had like six days of closure and, and nobody could keep an adipose intact Chinook or Coho in, in buoy 10. So I know, it's very frustrating. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's a wise use of the resource either. So no I, way. you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of catch and release fisheries on Chinook in, in a 65 or 70 degree freshwater environment. I, I, I don't think it's smart baseball, Austin. Yeah, Uh-oh. those fish have a hard time surviving. You know that's that's part of the deal. And and if guys play them out too long and and they handle them too much, then then the survivability of a fish in seventy degree water is a lot less than a fish in sixty degree water. So um, that's that's definitely a problem. Yeah. I I feel like they should have changed something mid season or something. You know that that ocean it was crazy. It usually closes the ocean. Right. It was open no. all the way to the end, yeah. and then they went to kill anything. And I'm telling you, it was really good fishing in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, there's no question. We but killed it. For, for folks that don't have 
24, you know, 28, 30-foot boats, right? They, they love the safety, security, and accessibility of that lower Columbia estuary. And I just hope, I just hope that next year that, that, that we see the, you know, the PFMC and WDFW, ODFW work together and provide a little better equitable opportunity in the Columbia. I mean, it's just they didn't do a good job this year on a lot of different fronts, and they really had a chance to given the number of fish. So, Austin yeah, Mosier, exactly. when, when's your last day, buddy? When, when's your last day of fishing before you can go hunting? October 4th, and then I got uh, this guy I'm going to go hunting with, and I'm pretty excited to go do it. I bet you are, buddy. All right, Austin. We'll keep in touch, buddy. Good luck. Thanks for your time this morning. All right, you guys. Have a good one. Thanks for having me on. Later, man. All right. Later. Coming up next, a critically acclaimed award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report presented by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning right here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning. Your family's comfort has been our family's business for over 50 years. WDFW field biologist drowns in Wind River. Yesterday morning, the Skamania County Sheriff's Office received a report of a female trapped in the Wind River north of Carson, Washington. The Skamania County Sheriff's Office and Skamania Fire and Rescue responded to facilitate rescue efforts. Due to the conditions, additional resources from the Region 4 Tech Rescue Team and Skamania County Sheriff's Office were requested and deployed in the search and rescue efforts. Despite the best efforts response from all involved. Tragically, the 31-year-old female who was conducting a, a steelhead survey as a biologist with the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife was recovered deceased. And I quote, this is a tragic accident. This community county sheriff is mournful for the victim's family, friends, and co-workers. State Sheriff Summershire. I want to extend our utmost gratitude to the personnel responding and assisted our agency in the recovery efforts. The Skamania County Sheriff's Office has conducted a full investigation of the incident and determined that it was accidental in nature. Dial in your shooting irons safely for hunting season at Hunter Sighting Days at SeattleRifle.org. Snohomish County's premier multidiscipline shooting facility is opening up their excellent rifle range to the public on September 23rd, 24th, 30th, and October 1st from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Trained range safety officers and other club shooting experts will be on duty to assist. Rifles, pistols, shotguns with slugs, black powder are all welcome. It's only $15 per day per shooter, and exact change is very much appreciated. Paper targets will be provided, shooting benches available, but you may also shoot from standing or prone at 50 and 100 yards. Spotting scopes and volunteer spotters will be on hand to assist. This is absolutely the safest, safest, best way to get your hunting season off to the most accurate start. See, hit seattlerifle.org slash hunter dash site in for more directions and more. That's seattlerifle.org. Hit the 30th annual Everett Coho Derby next weekend at the Port of Everett. Prior to the Everett event is the pre-Get Wired with Cannon promotion at 4 p.m. Wednesday, September 20th, followed by Connor Martinez seminar at Bayside Marine. Come get up to 200 feet of Cannon Downrigger or wrapped on your Cannon Downrigger while supplies last. We're certainly in the midst of a big coho run, both both in not size and individual numbers. Regulation reminder, Area 8-1 is open through September 30th two coho area eight two open through september 24th for one coho area nine two coho selective until monday then any coho through september 30th area 10 one coho open through october 31st here's your chance to save 10 bucks by sitting at the computer for a couple of minutes if you purchase a 2023 summer puget sound crab catch record card and even if you didn't catch any dungeness crab you must still submit a report There are two ways to report, online through the Wild ID system, which must be completed by Sunday, October 1st, or by mailing your summer Dungeness Crab Catch Record Card postmarked by Sunday, October 1st to WDFW Catch Record Card Unit in Olympia. 
failure to report will result in a $10 penalty added to the purchase of your next Puget Sound Dungeness Crab endorsement. Catch card data is a major component of WDFW's postseason analysis to to determine when sport anglers get a winter season. Word on the street is that recreational crabbers will possibly get something in the October-December time frame. Whatcom Creek open for Chinook three days a week. Get ready, Whatcom Creek. Today is open a day on the Creek. Whatcom County fish uh, hatchery output is earmarked to aid southern resident killer whales and support harvest programs. Thankfully, they have returned to Whatcom Creek in harvestable numbers well in excess of the preseason forecasts and well in excess of the egg take requirements. The fisheries open Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Daily limits one hatchery, Chinook. Night closure and anti-snagging rule is in effect. This is a popular, productive, and often crowded fisheries. Bring your best manners and a garbage bag so you can pack out what you pack in. And don't forget to mark the correct catch record card code of 888 when you boot your Whatcom County Chinook. <laughs> Shellfish managers have recently announced 36 days of tentative razor clam digs on the coastal beaches from September 29th through December 29th. The 23-24 season opens with a smaller coastal razor clam population than, than the past few years, but still remains strong and healthy enough to provide ample digging opportunity this fall and early winter. The digs are all tentatively scheduled as marine toxin levels have been elevated according to Washington Department of Health guidelines. WDFW is unsure if all beaches will be open to start the season. Final approval of marine toxin testing usually occurs about a week or less, sometimes two or three days prior to the start of each digging series. It will be particularly important for harvesters to check the WDFW website before heading to the beach. On all open beaches, Long Beach, Twin Harbors, Mokrocks, and Capelas, the daily limit is 15 clams per person. Each digger's clams must be kept in a separate container, and all diggers must keep the first 15 clams they dig regardless of size or condition. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning. Enjoy big savings on all Bryant air conditioners and heat pumps during Bob's preseason AC sale. Call Bob's today. Sale ends first day of summer. Quick reminder, again, hit everettcohoderby.com to get your tickets uh, or they're available at Bayside, Three Rivers Marine, Holiday Sports, uh, Harbor Marine, John Sporting Goods, Sport Co. Outdoor Emporium. Don't forget Wednesday High Percentage Coho Fishing Seminar brought to you by Connor Martinez and the fine folks at Everett Bayside Marine and the and the Get Wired with Cannon promotion that starts at 4. The seminar starts at 6 but if you want free wire on your downrigger, you got to get to Bayside Marine at Get four. wired with Nelly, Joey, and Woody. Woody. Woody's going to be there, dude. Woody God, is going to be there. He is a hoot, man. All right. Prepare yourself for one of the greatest radio voices you will ever hear in your life. Go log on to Great River Fishing. That is a website of none, 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 nobody less than Dean Work. This guy is... A piece of work, man. I just I can never get him on the radio enough, and he's just got great content. He's worked at Fraser for a long time. He's got some interesting observations with regard to why this year has been what this year has been. Dean Work, Great River Fishing, joining us next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Well, it's tough to near impossible to corral this next gentleman for an interview, but I knew when the Pacific Salmon Commission issued its final Fraser panel report for the it was time to get lean, mean, Dean work on air. Good morning, Dean Work of GreenRiverFishing.com. How you doing? Good morning, boys. Uh, happy to be here. Always honored to uh, 
get an opportunity to speak with you and uh, love this call. I look forward to this every year. So well, always make time for you and, uh, and uh, you know, obviously being a big advocate to uh, create opportunity up and down the coast, whether it's in Canada or U.S., we're, we're here to uh, fight for fishing and hunting rights. It's what we do. Well, I, I'm hoping before we kind of get into specifics here, and we didn't really get a chance to talk this week, kind of set up the interview, so I, I, I will, I will, I will uh, offer or I will ask for indulgence and a little, uh, a little artistic license here. But I, I, I'm hoping you can put this season in perspective for our listeners because we've we've seen phenomenal numbers this year, and in your blog. You mentioned, uh, and I quote, these healthier-than-forecasted numbers directly attributed to the removal of fish farms from our delicate coastal ecosystems. And and this is something that we don't hear anything about down here, Dean, but I've been aware of it and the efforts in Washington as well to remove these harmful fish farms. How many of them were there? What are the effect on our native salmon populations, and what do you expect moving forward? How's that for a triple-barrel opener question? Wow. That's a triple barrel. Man, I want a gauge. I want a twelve gauge like that. You go. Like a down a few Balls in your <laughs> court, Dean. <laughs> wow. I guess you know if you write powerful words and you write things that are meaningful and they uh, they touch on things and they they hit the heart the heartbeat of people. You know that that's why you get questions like that. And 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 I, I can absolutely tell you that what it seems like. Okay, that we are seeing is over a period of four years, uh, what we did is we have been urging our federal government, which is our who looks after our salmon. So it's not province of BC, it's the feds, Ottawa. And uh, Dr. Marvin Rosenow and myself had an opportunity to take out the Minister of Fisheries and Oceans in my boat. Okay, her name, Joyce Murray, she is now. She is now removed from that position, <laughs> probably yeah. not because she was yeah. out with us. Yeah. But you know, it was because we, we asked her. With you. We asked her. You know, do we want? Do we want to continue on to uphold what it was? Was the Cohen inquiry, and it was number nineteen, and it was the federal government's promise to remove the fish farms on the migratory route of the Fraser-bound wild salmon. Okay. And, and and that was a long time ago, that Cohen report, and we kept hammering and hammering and hammering. We had an opportunity to have her in my boat, I gotta tell you. Great lady. Uh my direct question to her was, When will this happen? It, it happened. She said, Dean, what I can promise you is I, I will be effective in my term. Although my term will not be long, it's probably a two year term, which she was at the end of that. She says, I promise you, Dean, I will be effective. Boom. Next thing you know, another month and a half went by. They announced another removal of 19 fish farms from the Broughton Archipelago. Uh, so in total, we had 34 fish farms removed, Atlantic fish farms removed from the Broughton Archipelago, which was totally on the migratory route of the Fraser Rivers uh, wild salmon. What we have seen this year is nearly, and, and you know, don't quote me on this, but I can tell you, we look at these numbers. Dr. Marvin Rosenow and I look at these numbers. He's my best buddy. And I got to tell you, there's nobody like this guy. Um, him and I looked at these numbers. We crunched these numbers. We kept looking at them when area 20, area 12. We kept looking at what we see coming. And it's like, how is this possible? We are getting double what we expected as our returns. Okay. And I can tell you that our, well, I'll just give you a, 
just a really quick notion on the Pinks, for instance. We probably could have had one of the worst seasons for the Pinks two years ago. Then we had the atmospheric rainfalls of November 2021 probably crushed all the lower river pink uh, reds, so they destroyed them. We looked at the outgoing migration of the pink fry. It didn't look good for all of our local rivers, but it looked okay, you know, up, upstream above the where the flood zone it wasn't really in the flood zone. It's just where the where the reds would have got destroyed bad, and then the other area where it was secure. We've seen these numbers coming back, kids. They were doing test sets. We were seeing the numbers of 82,000, 92,000. We have not ever seen numbers like that out in the ocean, Area 20, Area 12, where you would see test sets of 82,000 pink salmon, 93,000. The run size this year could end up being, it was actually tabulated at about 6 million, and it looks like we're going to sit somewhere between 20 and 30 million fish returning. Wow. And, 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 you know, to round that up, okay, what we see here is what that happens is we see a beautiful opportunity for people to go fishing. We, it is an amazing impact to our ecosystem. As we all know, fish, fish is in trees. It's in the isotopes. Okay. Yep. The, the nutrient loaders of our rivers. Okay. It nutrient loads our rivers. It's good for the ecosystem. It's good for the land. It's good for the bears. It's good for the, it's good for the, uh, the birds. More importantly is, wow, do I ever see a lot of people out fishing? Yeah, and, and that word, I just want to touch on that, the word fishing. And we have had such a lack of opportunity in our area to go salmon fishing. And we pressured that federal government to get our fishery open as soon as we could. Okay, even if the people weren't catching fish. And I got to tell you, I have patrolled this river as it looked at this river all the way down to Vancouver and all the way as high up as to the Alex Fraser River the Alexander Bridge above Hope and above Yale. And I cannot tell you how excited it makes me feel when I see people just out fishing and whether they're going to catch a fish or not, I see smiling faces of all different ages. So what the other thing is, one other, one other thing I want to mention there is our run size of our sockeye earlier on was double the estimated run size of our early stewards. Our Chinook numbers, our King, King Salmon numbers, are the best king salmon numbers returning we have seen in 20 years. And they are estimating that the likelihood of our coho run that's in the river right now, Fraser Mainstand, could be upwards of 250,000 interior coho. And, and that is that is probably five to 10 times larger than we have seen in 20 years. So we're talking with Dean Work, GreatRiverFishing.com, who works on the Frasers. Just a wealth of knowledge. Has been on that crick, well, since the dirt, quite frankly. I mean, just a long time, Dean. But but I think it's incumbent upon us to kind of discuss the marine pathology, if you will, of what the significance of the removal of the fish farms, the actual mechanism by which they depress our runs. And it, and it is that of... The juvenile salmonids, as they migrate past these fish farms, can can take on parasites and viruses that reduce their 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 survivability. Okay, that there's a mortality associated with each and every fish farm that these these critters pass. And and what we're and so what are we trying? What are we doing, Dean, by having these farms in there initially? So. Are there is there a move afoot to 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 completely eradicate because there are still a few of these fish farms around are there not? There's lots. Oh. There, there really is. There is lots, and and I know that 
Uh, I can say that down in the Puget Sound area, they they have made a movement. Maybe you guys don't hear a lot about it. I, I have read about it. Uh, you know, I haven't been down there to visit my uh, my good friends, the Batsons from Batson Enterprises. Sure, Rain, uh, Team Rain, Rain Shadow. Guys, I mean, good, great, great boys. Uh, anyways, very supportive of all fisheries. Uh, you know, I, what I do know is that there's been a bunch of removal down that down your way down south as well. And, what, and what, what we're looking at is, you know, we're looking at such a huge entity that puts so much pressure on our governments, both your government and our government, because there is a draw there for, you know, people to produce fish in our open environment, which is our natural environment yeah. for our wild for our wild salmon. And, and, you know, it's not only the juveniles that are affected by sea lice and the effluent coming out of these. I mean, you know, I'm not standing here with a sign saying, you know, don't eat Atlantic salmon. All I'm saying is, is that how on earth can we continue to hope that our robust runs of fish will wild salmon and steelhead populations will continue to come back like we want them to come back. And I, and I hope to goodness that all these listeners are saying we want our wild fish back uh, and enhance some of these with hatcheries. But, but ultimately, if our fish don't come back, we have nothing. And then, you know what? I don't want to eat Atlantic salmon. I want to eat wild fish. But more importantly, I want to go out and fish. So the, the, key, the key note here is that everywhere we go, we need to put pressures on government so that they understand the fact is this is not acceptable to any of us as American or Canadian citizens that, that, that they are allowing because of greed of money that it is okay to ruin the wild runs of our native fish, both American side and Canadian side, because as you know, fish know no boundaries. Exactly. Right? We, all, of our, all of your fish that are rolling down there are all coming by right here, and they're going by those fish farms as well. Okay, and they, your runs were affected immensely over the years where people can go out and recreate, businesses can flourish again. And we can see these numbers rebound. You know, the next two years are going to be the real key indicator as to what's going to happen. So you know, this year, a light opens up and we see this beautiful light and we say, wow, look at these runs. Could it really be that, that that four years ago when we started turning off those lights in those fish farms that we are now seeing the re- direct reflection of turning the key off and ro- runs are coming back in this size range? It's unbelievable. Like, I got to tell you, it's like our river now. When you drive in it, when I got up the river yesterday, last night, I got to tell you, it is electrifying to see all the fish swimming up our river. It is. Well, and we're dealing, we're dealing with the same thing down here, Dean. You know, our rivers are full of fish. There's lots of folks out there with big smiles on their face, fishing, enjoying those fish. Oh. The Puget Sound is alive with salmon. And, yeah, oh. I mean, we can all hope that this is just how it's going to be. It's how it should be. And if you want to have a fish farm, go dig a hole and go dig a well. Okay? Get it inland. And, and that's... Part of the part of the problem is 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 the is the thirst or hunger rather, Dean, for cheap protein, and that's what these Atlantic salmon fish farms provide. And, and we have very few of them left left here in Washington, and 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 we're, they're not issuing any licenses for any more. And I think we finally got them done. But there's a limited impact to what fish farms say within the Columbia River and within you know which we do have in the Upper Columbia River in Rufus Woods. 
and and in Puget yeah. Sound. That's one thing. But you guys in inside the Sunshine Coast and the, the waters inside of Vancouver Island, even outside of Vancouver Island, are our migratory path for our salmonids here in Washington. You make a great point. And 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 they so we go right through. They there. go right through there because you know, like you said, the fish know no borders. They're 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 coming right down the pike there, buddy. All right, so. Looking forward now into the rest of this fall. I could, I know you're fired up about it as, as, as we are as well. What are some of the things you're keying on for the rest of your season in the Fraser River Dean work of Great River Fishing? Well, we're, you know, we, we've got an interior Fraser steelhead uh, window closure that's going to happen uh, right around uh, September 22nd to the 25th. It's kind of a rolling closure. It starts in the lower portion of the river and then it goes into the mid-river section. So there will be a closure on the Fraser. Fraser's open right now. Uh, we're trying to really hard to get a King opening, a Chinook opening on the Fraser. That's, uh, that's a, it's been a real challenge for me dealing with the, uh, with the FOC, which is federal uh, oceans, Canada, or, yeah, the oceans, fisheries and oceans, Canada. It's been a really tough challenge for us trying to get opportunity here. And I, what I see in the future for us is I see some robust runs, so uh, if we can keep the opportunity to fish our tributaries, so the main stem Fraser will close sometime around the 22nd. Up where I am in the canyon area, it's going to close on the 25th. Uh, and then it'll be open probably again sometime in around, I'm hoping, the end of October so that we have an opportunity to fish some wild coho uh, and, and retain some hatchery coho, of course. And then our chum runs will be in. Uh, and we'll still see a bunch of Chinooks that are rolling into the, to the Harrison River. Harrison River has an amazing run. We have nearly 100,000 Chinooks come into the Harrison River. It's a smaller tributary. Hell yeah, so our little, tributaries, we, we're our familiar, tributaries are all going to be open. We're familiar with those Harrison River whites, dude. We've, we've, you've, you've heard of people with a sweet tooth, <laughs> but we have a white Chinook tooth over here, too. We just <laughs> love to smoke those things. So, uh, Dean, well, they're, they're, great, they're great fish, and, oh, and you know, man. we really have. We, 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 we are going to have an amazing fall session here. I don't think our chum numbers are, are going to return in a really big way. But you know what? It's, it's the way the year has rolled on the way it has. If that's an indicator, we could see a chum run of over two and a half million fish. And, that, wow. and that's in local tributary rivers where you'd be looking. I, I think probably our biggest thing that's against us right now is probably our water levels. You know, just, just, yeah, you know, in, in relative speaking is that our water levels are very low. I mean, the Fraser River was the lowest in the end of June that it has ever been in 112 years yeah. of keeping records. But I think we're all suffering from drought conditions. Uh, you know, so a little bit of rain is going to make it good. But all I can say is, like, you know, if you wave around a magic wand, I would say this is going to be one heck of a great fall for all of us. You know, and then sturgeon fishing is brilliant. You know, sturgeon fishing has been really solid this year. Uh, and, of course, happy sturgeon or sturgeon that have a lot of fish to eat. And a lot of people don't realize that. Sturgeon eat salmon alive. Yep. So as those fish are migrating up our river, those sturgeon are chasing them and eating them like M&Ms. <laughs> Fat and so, happy. They, know, they eat humpies like, like, like popcorn, yeah. dude. <laughs> it's just classic. They do, yeah, popcorn, yeah. <laughs> M&Ms, popcorn. So, like, it's brilliant. So, so, you know, like I really, I really hope that you know our federal government wakes up our people our people both of the united states the people of canada that, that sooner or later we band together so that we can as one great unified nation 
have an opportunity to battle people like uh, our federal governments to ensure that we have opportunities to go out. Like, you know, I think that's the biggest frustration for me is when I continually go to meeting after meeting after meeting and we're told, you know, no, you can't have an opportunity on that because of precautionary approach. Uh, you know, we see communities here, okay, that have their their entire tourism uh, lens was always about sport fishing, and we see that being yeah. taken away. Yeah, exactly. Okay? And I'm and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that it's going to come full circle a time where we have to all stand together and say, you know what? To say no fishing is not good enough. Okay, uh, non retention fishery for any species should be all as we need. Single barbless hook is selective enough to be fishing all year round like yes. we used to back in the day. It's exactly, you're exactly right. Sport fishing is not the constraining factor on salmonid populations. We have a Thank we you. have a ugly predation situation with marine mammals, with harbor seals and sea lions. We have a we have an unconscionable avian or bird predation situation and some of these some of these species of cormorants even are are non-native. Why aren't we addressing that? Correct. There's so many, Correct. so many things that are that are standing in the way of our salmonid populations, and yet, and yet, governmental agencies constantly focus on recreational angling because it's visible and it's a it's a box they can check, and it's just low hanging fruit, Dean. It's just something we really have to we have to address. Um, I got to say one thing, Joey and I have an issue, dude. We made the mistake of going to Rivers Inlet <laughs> last month. And it, it, yeah, I think it, it, it kind of messed us it, up. It, it, it did. <laughs> we, 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 we ran in. We ran into this cat named Mick Heath, dude. And he showed us. He showed us the wall, and he showed us the top end of the. Oh boy, Fitzhugh Sound and Calvert Island and all that stuff. We got a bad case of Rivers Inlet, dude. It's we're we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna be rolling our boat right by you, partner. That was a that was an amazing trip, and it just but. Joey and I had never been to that part of British Columbia before, and 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 wow. what an amazing location! And you just see the potential for you know these these wonderful massive fjords that exist on British Columbia's coast just to keep producing fish, and for us to soil them with fish farms, we got to stop it, dude. It has to end. Yeah, I agree, and, and you know, and you know, it's 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 interviews like this, it's uh, it's commonality of us of us looking at the same problem over and over and, and realizing that we can make change. And, and I know for a fact that myself, Dr. Marvin Rosen, all the support from other people that we have garnered, those direct conversations with the right people can move that needle to getting where we are today and seeing what we are seeing today here in our British Columbia waters, you know, especially this Fraser river, which is, you know, as we all know, one of the mightiest rivers of all for sound wild salmon populations, over the years and then and, and you know we love it when you come here we want everybody to come here just like we love to come down there you know i i mean they're like i said fish don't see any borders they're not seeing what anybody sees but ultimately our our great nation of the entire north american continent here is 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 so filled with opportunity that, that you know, we need to keep moving that needle ahead and working on the exact points that you guys bring up. People don't even realize that cormorants are part of the equation. Yeah. People don't even get that. I mean, they're eating sturgeon in our rivers now. 
the population has, 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 has grown to like 10 times in like four years. It's unbelievable. So listen, I, I, I think that what I really want to do is I want to get you guys up here. And yeah, with for sure. For and, and, and dude, like, when are you guys coming to visit Dean? Well, I, you, all you have to do is pick up the phone every now and then, dude, you know, I mean, you got, I, 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 I so it's and, not and, hard you know, to get us it, to go fishing. Yeah, man. exactly. You it just, just, just takes a little nudge. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on our way. You, you, well, you need to come, you need to come and visit me. All right, deal. Well, you, you got a deal. And I, but I need you on, I need you on the radio a couple times a year, dude, this once a year, dude, just ain't going to cut it. Okay. We got to get you back on. You call, you call me up. You call me up anytime you want, and I will make time. I'm out of this country. <laughs> All right. I will make time to hang out with you boys. He's Dean, you guys. He's, he's Dean Work, GreatRiverFishing.com, buddy. I appreciate your time and, and keep in touch, bud. You're going to hear from us soon. We're going to come up. We're, we're you, you, you see, you, you invited us. We're coming. You just watch, dude. We're on our way. Good. I All can't right. wait. All I right, Dean. Wait. Thank you so Thank much, you, buddy. Dean. We'll talk to you wow. soon. All right, buddy. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate now. it. Yeah. Dean Work, Great River Fishing, a real piece of work. Pop out of a quick break. Wrap it up here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. From the Pacific Ocean Coast to your ears, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. <laughs> we're, we're planners. We just, I just turned to Joey and go, hey, we're doing a remote from the Everclear next week, aren't we? And we are. Yeah, we're coming to live in a long location from uh, from Bayside Marine. I like I and, like uh, being down there when the you know when the derby's happening and yeah. all our friends are down there. From the illust- we we have to sit there till eight o'clock and watch them all get a, a jump on. So, us, so so Jeff alone, if you're not listening this morning, we'll be taking to- over your office <laughs> next Saturday <laughs> morning. To, actually, we'll need it Friday afternoon so we can set up the remote. But it's 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 such a cool event. It's the biggest salmon derby on the West Coast. It's the thirtieth edition of the Evercoho Derby, evercohoderby.com. Uh, make sure you come by for Connor Martinez's seminar on the 20th at Bayside Marine. And the, and the Canon Get Wired with Canon promotion. Bring, bring a Canon downrigger down there. We're going to get our eyes on it, you know. And, and Woody, personally, Woody, Woody Woodpile, is going to spool on 200 feet of the famous Canon camo cable on your Canon downrigger. Let's try to uh, empty the trailer Oh, we will. cable. We will. They, it's, I, it's the biggest spool of downrigger wire you'll ever see, dude. I mean, seriously, that's awesome. It's, it's like a big barbed wire spool. And man, just peel it man, off. having Dean work on got me fired up, dude. Well, that guy, um, and, and he, he just makes so many great points. And 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 the thing of it is, I mean, we as citizens can have a tremendous impact on both our opportunity. And 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 what happens in, with regard to wildlife management? And, and and right now, I mean, we have a we have a, a WDFW commission that is absolutely openly hostile to fishing and hunting, and and this just this just absolutely can't stand. They're they're um, they're, they're they're not out to do us any favors at all, and we need to we need to turn this around because you, you got to go. You got to make sure you're keeping track of when these commission meetings are and. And if they're if they open public comment, sign up and and have yeah, a voice because it 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 will make a difference. I promise it will. And and um, I've been reading a bunch of stuff from some of these last commission meetings, and some of these commissioners are actually stepping outside and, and talking to some of the 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 hunters and anglers, and that's what we need. We need a conversation. They need to understand how passionate we are, how much. This is a part of our life, and, and you know, we're not just out there shooting everything. I, I spend a lot of time in the woods where I, I don't shoot anything. No, but I'm up there. 
and we, doing it. Yeah, and we spend a lot and of time. I love it. Yeah, we and, spend a lot of time on the water. We're we're not catching anything either. I mean, it happens. <laughs> Maybe not this season. But no, not this not season. this season. But I tell you, so so hopefully uh, to get, go to the go to the. Enjoy the Everett Coho Derby. We're going to be broadcasting live there. Don't forget about the uh, the seminar and, and, and Canon uh, Wire giveaway. Missed any of the show? Jump on MyNorthwest.com. Download the Apple Podcast app. Matt will have the podcast up here pretty quick. Give Joey a follow at Joey Pyburn on Instagram, at The Outdoor Line on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For Matt Nelson, Joey Pyburn to my left, I'm Tom Nelson. This has been The Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app.